1: So Baltimore's man of the hour, Roquan Smith, made his first media appearance as a member of the Ravens Wednesday and left an awfully strong first impression.
2: Yeah, he certainly did. But he was also honest and open about how things came to an abrupt end after nearly five seasons in Chicago.
1: I'm Bobby Trossett with Sarah Ellison. It's Thursday, November 3rd, and this is your morning Ravens vault.
2: Well, we've been so caught up in the Roquan news, understandably, we haven't even been able to get to all the other positive updates in the AFC North after the Cincinnati Bengals got demolished in front of a national audience. We'll soak up all that deliciousness ahead.
1: Plus, a look at quarterbacks Lamar Jackson and Taysom Hill in the Ravens' upcoming Monday night showdown with the New Orleans Saints.
2: Yeah, we have all that and more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news In just 15 minutes. All right, Bobby, the newest member of Baltimore's defense on Wednesday was officially introduced as a Raven. And he practiced for the first time as a Raven and also made his media appearance debut as a Raven.
1: Yeah, it was a busy day for number 18. And as you'd expect from an experienced pro like Roquan, Sarah, he said and did all the right things on day one. But he was also candid when asked if this move was one he expected Chicago to make.
3: Uh, Honestly, no. Um, You know, because, like I said, didn't plan to. But, you know, life happens at times. And, you know, got traded. So initially I was shocked. But, you know, I'm excited to be here. Good group of guys. Guys that's contending for a title. And that's what I'm in the game to play for, playing for a title. So I'm excited.
1: Now, partner, while I'm confident that Roquan may very well have been caught off guard by the timing of this move, I was pretty surprised to hear him say he was surprised, meaning shocked, given how many layers there were to his situation in Chicago and how open and honest he was about how the Bears front office handled his contract negotiation. So for that, let's rewind back to this past August when the two sides announced that they couldn't come to an agreement.
3: I would just like to um, more so show my... um appreciation to uh, pretty much everyone involved uh, from the side despite uh, the contract stuff not going the way I had planned for it to go and like to I know there's going to be a lot of questions about the entire process and everything like that and to get on the process uh, I thought it was it was very distasteful to say the least wasn't what I anticipated nor did I like what I expected from the situation but you know, I'm grateful for the uh, fans, all the loyal fans and everyone, that uh, the players as well in the locker room in the city of Chicago that uh, stood behind me throughout this process.
2: Ooh, that word, distasteful. Yeah, and as we mentioned earlier this week, Roquan is a player representing himself, and clearly the Bears just rubbed him the wrong way throughout this negotiation process. And speaking of contract extensions, he was asked what so many have been wondering since this trade became official. Have there been any extension discussions with Baltimore's brass?
3: I'm not really focused on that right now. You know, it's uh, everything's happened really, really quickly. So I'm just trying to focus on honing in on this playbook uh, right now and getting to that uh, once I uh, get to it. But my main focus right now is learning the playbook, getting a uh, great relationship with the guys and then going from there
1: so sarah we shared this clip in wednesday's morning vault but i wanted to revisit it here not only since it's relevant but also because former raven scout daniel jeremiah knows a thing or two about how baltimore's front office conducts business i'd be shocked if they did not re-sign uh roquan smith after making this trade and make him kind of the centerpiece of this defense and one more thing before we move on from his self-representation He peeled back the curtain a bit when it comes to his perspective on why some players in today's NFL choose to handle their business independently. I I thought this was really compelling.
3: Times are changing, uh, honestly, and I think... Players want to be at the table and want like 100% transparency. I think that's the uh, major thing, and it's about being up the fee. I can like the fee that you're paying agents. You know, some do uh, great jobs. I can be given that charity or family, different things like that. But I also have a team of advisors as well, so it's not just me uh, by myself.
2: Yeah, you can already tell that Roquan is an enlightening and smart person to go along with some God-given football abilities that he brings to the table. He isn't lacking for confidence either, Bobby. And there's nothing about his confidence that actually came across arrogant either. Here he is talking about how Baltimore's bye week is right around the corner after Monday night football.
3: Oh, yeah, man. It's going to be great, uh, I think, with the bye week coming. But I'm not focused on that right now. Just focused on uh, handling the sinks uh, on Monday. And I feel like I'll be up to speed on Monday as well.
2: Still to come here on The Vault, diving into the state of the AFC North through eight weeks of football. Stay tuned.
4: So with Roquan
1: being such big trade news Monday, we haven't even had time to discuss the positive developments that have taken place for the Ravens in the division, in the AFC North, Sarah.
2: Yeah, we haven't even discussed the fact that Cincinnati Bengals got walloped by the Cleveland Browns on Monday Night Football 32-13. to Woof! The Bengals just looked like a completely different team, Bobby, without star wideout Jamar Chase. And now the Ravens are a full game ahead of the Bengals in the division. Plus, Baltimore owns the head-to-head tiebreaker. And plus-plus, Baltimore is 2-0 in the division, while Cincy is 0-3.
1: Look, there's still a lot of football to be played. But after Week 8, the Ravens' chances of winning the AFC North increased from 65.1% to 84%. That's according to ESPN's Football Power Index. Their chances overall of reaching the playoffs... They sit at a very comfortable 94.7%.
2: Yeah, and Bobby, it doesn't hurt that they don't face a team with a winning record in their final nine games. Chris Sims at Pro Football Talk thinks the schedule sets Baltimore up for a number one or number two seed in the AFC come playoff time.
5: But man, the Ravens' schedule down the stretch, Mike, it... it, it it like shapes up to where you go, they could make a run, and if they could play just the way they've played really the whole first half of the year without just making some of the dumb mistakes they've made in the fourth quarter, you go, they could make a run here and and really have a still maybe a say to be a number one seed, a number two seed in the playoffs. I mean, it's a very favorable schedule down the stretch. I don't look at one team down the stretch and go, When they step on the field, I know it's football and they got to play it out, but there's not one roster where you go, well, that team's better than the Ravens. Meanwhile, the
1: Bengals, they're about to enter the toughest part of their schedule, which includes the Chiefs, Titans, and Bills. What a lineup.
2: Yeah, and one other note here, Bobby. I was listening to an interview with the great Peter King after that Bucks game from last Thursday night that we never got to again because of all the great Roquan news. We all know that rookie tight end Isaiah Likely had a huge game after Mark Andrews went down, including that touchdown and the back of the end zone on a scramble drill, and then also that onside kickoff recovery. So King, he believes that Likely needs to continue to step up on offense in order for the Ravens to clinch the division over Cincy. And while making that point, King told a great draft story about likely that if you haven't heard it already, you need to, and now you will. Check this out.
5: The next pick for the Baltimore Ravens was number 30, 139. They had two firm trade offers, but Eric DeCosta, the GM, had gathered all these picks. He had a bunch of guys he wanted to pick, and right now, they wanted to take Calvin Austin a little smurfy wide receiver from Memphis. And then at pick number 138, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Calvin Austin. And somebody in the draft room basically uttered an expletive and said, you got to be kidding me. So the Ravens really didn't know what to do. But at that moment, maybe a couple of minutes into it, John Harbaugh said to Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, hey, we like this guy likely a little bit. Even though we've just taken a tight end, Charlie Kolar from Iowa State, who's been hurt this year, even though we've just taken a tight end, what do you think of likely? Can you find something for him? And he said, oh, yeah. And they picked him because they thought that he had this wide receiver, tight end vibe that would really mesh well with the big, lumbering, but athletic uh, Mark Andrews. And so they are being rewarded now for taking a guy 139th when they didn't have a great need at tight end, but they took him. Isaiah Likely now going forward, now that he's had his welcome to the NFL big game, he becomes a guy down the stretch. If the Ravens are going to beat Cincinnati in this division, they're going to need uh, some performances like that last night from Isaiah Likely.
2: Well, we did an early interview for our upcoming preview episode where we break down the upcoming Monday night game with the New Orleans Saints. And you know I had to ask Bobby, the Saints play-by-play announcer Mike Haas, about my former BYU quarterback, Taysom Hill.
1: Oh yeah, you certainly did. And you also reminded me that a former BYU linebacker and Super Bowl champion, I might add, too, Brady Papinga, once said this about Taysom. Quote, Lamar Jackson's the poor man's Taysom Hill. It's not the other way around. That's what we have in Taysom. That's why the Saints aren't messing around. Close quote. This was a tweet. Partner, wherever the folks at freezing cold takes are right now, They should be making room for this one as top dog in the trophy case. Front shelf, wherever it needs to be so that it's fully visible. That take ages more and more poorly by the day.
2: (laughs) By the day. And I'll tell you what, as much as I love Taysom, I hated that quote when it first came out. It's just not fair to compare any QB to Lamar because he's one of one. And I hated that spotlight put on Taysom. Taysom didn't ask for it, but it was put there. So anyway, I asked Haas, what a more apt comparison would be and how the saints are using Taysom's versatility. Check it out.
6: Well, you're right. I mean, you, you're right off the bat where you, I don't see how you can I'd be like, I mean, again, Taysom technically is a tight end. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's a tough comparison to, to Lamar, but what they've done this year to me is that they've used him in the non uh, situation where you just kind of know what's going to happen. If they bring Taysom in on third and two and third and three, it's QB power, right. Or QB power left. And so when the defense, and he's still done pretty well, but when they know what you're doing, you've taken some of that out. But this year they've, they've used him more split out. They've used him QB power sweep last week that we've not seen a lot of, and he's, he can get around the core. He's got some speed. They've used him still as a quarterback and they've used him still as a receiver. So when he would come in before, like even in the drew years, he would come in on third and three, get the first down, go right back off the field. But now He's he's on the field so much more. It's 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 not as like Taysom's in Taysom's in like until he's like he's in every other play, either a receiver or a runner. But his ability to throw to me and catch and not just run QB power has been the biggest difference this year, Um, because they use him a lot on second down, second and five. The end only picks up three yards, but now it's third and two. And the Saints Mm -hmm. have been very good on third and one and third and two. So it's to me, it's just the versatility and and using him di- in the same way, but differently, where it's not so kind of, oh, okay, here we go, Jason, third and three.
1: So our full preview episode with Mike Haas, as you just heard there, and our Raven Saints breakdown all in one will be published later this week. So be sure to check it out. But Sarah, I feel like we should mention this in conclusion, sticking up for Lamar in this episode, being that, like you mentioned, we both feel he is one of one. That is absolutely no disrespect to Taysom Hill. Hill is one of the greatest weapons in football and the way New Orleans utilizes him, particularly when running QB power, those looks are just borderline unstoppable. I think all that can be said while at the same time making it clear that at his core, Lamar Jackson is a quarterback and an accomplished one at that. We're talking a unanimous MVP and transcendent kind of accomplished quarterback. Really, when it, When it boils down to it, there is no comparison here.
2: And before we jump, some other quick news items you need to know, beginning with how much I miss former Ravens running back Mark Ingram. We all know he's now back with the New Orleans Saints, but he has his own podcast called, wait for it, Trust Levels. He had Marcus Williams on the show, and they were having a hilarious discussion about the Ravens' uniform color combinations.
3: That purple hit different too, bro. It's crazy. I'm not gonna lie. It's not like Barney purple. That thing, like King royalty purple. Royalty with the
5: black helmets at night.
3: What's your favorite combo?
5: Uh, all
3: black. black. <laughs> the all perp go crazy though. The, the color all perp crazy. So
6: you you just dropped two. I just need to know what's
3: your listen, favorite color? Listen, would you go? Would you go color listen, rush? You can't go. You you can't go wrong with none of the Baltimore Ravens combos. You go all black, mm-hmm. you go black on white, mm-hmm. you go all white, mm-hmm. you go white on the black, mm-hmm. you go all purple, you go purple, mm-hmm. you go black on purple. Mm-hmm.
6: So that being said, which was your favorite? You, go, yeah. you can't go wrong. Yeah. You gotta you you, I go mean, left,
3: right? You gotta go murder out though, black. like Black is always a vibe. Black on black with the black helmets, that's black just is a beautiful. I mean,
2: Also, Ravens Productions dropped their latest Wired episode and it featured a pep talk from Justin Houston to Justin Matabike that frankly gave me goosebumps.
3: Stop juking the job and run right through that boy, man. They can't stop you, bruh. They can't stop you. Do you realize who you is, bruh? Do you realize that, bruh? Stop juking the job and run right through him, man. The center went away, bruh. They can't stop. You. That guard can't hold him. He can't stand in front of you, bruh.
2: You can check out the full episode of Ravens Wired At the Ravens YouTube channel Elsewhere, quarterback Lamar Jackson was spotted on TV Enjoying just a casual evening at Oh, I don't know AEW Wrestling Pure champion
6: Women's champion I don't care I'll even whip Lamar Jackson's ass Lamar looks nervous Couldn't look him in the eye, could he?
2: And finally, the most important tweet of the day came from Lacey DaCosta, who we all know is the wife of Ravens GM Eric DaCosta. She tweeted a link to Tuesday's episode of the Ravens Vault with the caption that read, My favorite morning podcast with a purple heart emoji. We appreciate the love, Mrs. DaCosta, and look forward to having you on as a guest very soon.
1: We love it. Thanks so much for the support, Mrs. EDC, and thank you for listening to the Morning Ravens Vault, a podcast unaffiliated with the team. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. If you've been enjoying our content, please tap that follow button and consider sharing it with a friend. You can also catch us on YouTube by searching Ravens Vault Podcast.
2: We can also be reached via email at BaltimoreRavensVault@gmail.com. at gmail.com if you have any comments, questions, or if you'd be interested in advertising with us. So that's all the time we've got today, but The Vault will be back Friday with the Ravens news you need to know.